Now let's join Holly Steffi and Red Velvet Media as we explore the inspirational worlds of music, media, and more. Everybody, this is Red Velvet Media, and uh, this is Holly Steffi. And today um, we are back. Um, this is a first show of 2022, and um, I just have a few announcements. First of all, today's show is going to be amazing. Um, I have Amelia Davis with me, who is going to be talking about Jim Marshall. And for those of you that don't know who Jim Marshall is, you're going to know by the time you listen to the show, you're going to know a little bit more. But I wanted to just make a couple announcements really quickly that um, we are super excited to be back. We've been working on a lot of different projects lately, and uh, we are just kicking this off with an amazing show with uh, a very dear friend who has an amazing project going on. And uh, I use the word amazing a lot in this show because it really is true amazement, um, the pictures that Jim Marshall took and the fact that Amelia Davis, who's also a photographer um, and was the personal assistant to Jim until he went to the next place and he left his entire estate to Amelia Davis to carry on his legacy, as she will tell you, she feels like she's inherited all his children. And that's really an amazing, like I said, amazing um, coincidence here because she is also a photographer herself and um, has written some books. And I'm going to let you hear a little bit more about herself and also a little bit about Jim and the documentary, Show Me the Picture, the story of Jim Marshall, and um, a little bit about some projects that are coming out. So let me bring Amelia into the studio really quickly here. Amelia, are you there? I'm th- I'm here. Hi, Ollie. There you are. Hey, welcome. <laughs> Gosh, this is like, you have to know, this is like the first show I've done um, for this year. And um, I'm so happy to have you here because this is a subject near and dear to my heart. I know Jim's work is just so amazing and you yourself have inherited all of this. So why don't you tell us a little bit about, you know, to our listeners and everyone, about Jim and also about this extraordinary um, award-winning documentary picture, the story of Jim Marshall, that I know it played in the U.K. first and then uh, it kind of toured a little bit and you've done a lot of things and uh, why don't you just go ahead and tell everybody a little bit about it, and then we can give out the websites and stuff like that really quickly. Sure, sure. Well, thanks yeah. for having me as your first guest. That's exciting. Oh, yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> of and course. It's, uh, yes, the world has been so crazy these past few years, I think, yeah. for everybody. Um, but, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Jim Marshall is a legendary photojournalist. Um, who's most well-known for his rock and roll photography. But he is so much more than just rock and roll photography. Music is a, is mm-hmm. a big part of his archive, but he also really documented pieces of history that were happening around him in you know the 60s, 70s, and the 80s. Um, so Jim had no children. His, his photographs were his children, and he really cared mm-hmm. for them and protected them when he was alive. Um, and then when he passed away, he um, said to me, you know, you're the only person I trust to care for my children when I'm gone. And so when mm. Jim passed away in 2010, I inherited over a million children. Um, <laughs> and so my, that's a lot. Um, so I know. My, a lot of mouth to feed. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, so it's been, you know, it's been an amazing journey for me um, mm-hmm. and discovering a whole um, lots of gems that, you know, oh, yeah. God, Jim, 
Jim knew he had, but probably forgot. Because as most working photographers do, you know, you're working for a living. And mm-hmm. so you take um, your photos and then you file them away. And um, a lot of times they don't look back at them. And so I've been able mm-hmm. to really go through the archive. And I feel like, um, I like to say I'm an archaeologist going on a dig and uh, oh, yeah. finding amazing treasures that we 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 find and so that's exciting for me and and one of the things that is really important to me is to preserve Jim's legacy but also to share mm-hmm. it with the world um because it is inspiring especially for future generations of photojournalists i think it's really mm-hmm. important photography serves as a tool to tell stories and mm-hmm. um and show you pieces of history that happened and a lot of what Jim photographed, we're now looking at 50 years later. And, oh, yeah. you know, some of it has changed, but some of it hasn't. And so we really mm-hmm. get inspiration from looking at history and finding out what worked and what didn't and really taking that into the future with us. And, and like I said, inspiring. I think right now, with so many changes that are happening in the world and all over, mm-hmm. I think it's important for young photographers to document that, go out, and photograph what you're seeing, you know, and share oh, yeah. it with, with the world because it will be part of history that we'll look back on 50 years from now um, and mm-hmm. see, you know, what was happening. So that's really what my goal with Jim's photography is to do. And so we, we do a lot of books and um, exhibitions and we did a documentary on Jim because he was a very what fascinating documentary. Man. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> I mean, that documentary groundbreaking. I mean, people yeah, just love yeah, well, love it. Yeah, for sure. And you know, Jim was really kind of an interesting character. You either you either loved him or you hated him, and he either loved mm-hmm. you or hated you. There was really no in between. Mm-hmm. Um, he he was very black and white. And uh, so, but but the one thing that nobody could hate or say anything bad about was Jim's photography. He really was a genius oh, yeah. with, with a camera. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. I think the, the, um, the talent that Jim had, he was born with. You can't teach that. That's something that you really can't teach. He was just born with this innate sense of, of when he saw something capturing it, capturing that moment. Mm-hmm. And and with his photography, and, and you see it in the documentary, because we have over 800 photographs in the, in the documentary. It's a huge amount of photography mm-hmm. that's in the, uh, in the documentary. But you really, um, I like to describe Jim's photography as, I feel like I'm a participant. You look at the photo mm-hmm. and you feel like you're standing there and you're listening to the music or you're having a conversation with someone. Um, you don't feel like you're a voyeur outside looking in. And I think that's what really mm-hmm. makes Jim's photography stand out is that you feel like you're part of it. And that's something that I said, I think you, you can't teach that. That, that. That's just something that comes naturally. And Jim was very gifted in that sense to be able to capture that, that moment. Um, yeah. In the documentary, we've always wanted to. Yeah. Always wanted no, 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 to that's that. okay. We, at, I was just going to say that the documentary, we've always wanted to do one, and uh, nothing really happened until I met um, Tatiana Kennedy and Alfred George Bailey, who are both Brits. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just went full stop into doing this documentary, and we we did it in about, geez, like eight or nine months. Oh, that was so, We completed yeah, the documentary. I remember. So yeah. it was fast and furious um Mm -hmm. but it was we had we had a really amazing group of people that worked on it alfred george bailey was the director tatiana kennedy was the producer adam biskupski was our editor who was amazing he's also he's actually scottish but lives in in uh, london he was Mm -hmm. amazing in being able to weave this story together um, and then we had an, a great uh, original soundtrack by Ian Arbor, who's also a Brit, and really came up with some original music um, for the documentary. And we premiered at South by Southwest in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, we were at the San Francisco. 
Yeah, the San Francisco International Film Festival in 2019, we won Audience Award for Best Feature Length Documentary. Um, and then we went over to uh, London and we started showing it over there and we got a distributor and uh, we were showing in theaters. And then we came back to the U.S. and when we came back, boom, it got shut down for COVID-19. So, oh, yeah. you know it really came to a screeching halt, not just for, for us, but for all, you know, all documentaries, all movies, for the world. I mean, everything. For the to, world. For the basically. world. Shut down. <laughs> Every industry uh, you could think of. I know. I mean, you know, really, we'll talk about that later, but really, seriously, you're so <laughs> spot on with that. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was just, um, it was devastating for a lot of people in the creative mm-hmm. arts world. Um, but you know, we, what was fabulous is we had this great run in Europe and we won the prestigious Grusin award for best documentary, which is, is Mm -hmm. the highest award you can get in, in documentary film. So that was fabulous. And then, uh, as things started to open up, we started showing again, we got a U.S. distributor utopia out of Los Angeles. Um, Mm -hmm. and we, the documentary has been available on iTunes and Apple TV. And mm-hmm. exciting news is we just got a, one of the major streaming services here in the U.S. And we'll be announcing yep. probably in a week or two who it is. So you'll, mm-hmm. people will be able to see it yeah. on another streaming service, which is great. We're really excited Yay. about that. Yay. You know, I want to say really quick um, to people that, you know, are just tuning in. Also, the show will be available afterwards if you're just tuning in or you missed any of it on iTunes and on most streaming platforms and also um, on Red Velvet Media and Red Velvet Media Blog Talk Radio. But I wanted to say really quickly, um, as we're talking about this, for people that don't know and haven't seen a lot of Jim's work, he has photographed so many iconic figures in the music industry. And, you know, why don't we give that website out really quick as we talk, as we continue talking. Sure. What's, um, let's get the website out so, really quick that you yeah. recently so you can go put to, up. Well, you can go to, well, we've had a website. It's Jim Marshall, www.jimmarshallphotographyllc.com. And uh, that's our website where you can go see what's happening, what, you know, what books we've got, where you can purchase them, the documentary, um, and all of that. And it really, Jim, I mean, he started photographing in the, basically 1960, before mm-hmm. really rock and roll was around. So he photographed mm-hmm. all the jazz greats because you know, he was in San Francisco he he basically was a native San Franciscan and grew up in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And in the 60s, San Francisco's North Beach was really the place for jazz. So oh, he yeah. literally bought his first camera, his Leica camera in 1959 and so, just took it and started photographing. So he's completely self-taught, which is amazing. Um, so yeah. he learned through trial and error. Um, and he went to all of those uh, jazz nightclubs in North Beach, and, and that's where he met John Coltrane. Um, and then he met Miles Davis, and he's done Thelonious Monk. Amazing. Um, Mingus. I mean, just all those guys. And and Jim also mm-hmm. photographed the Monterey Jazz Festivals in the 60s, as well as Newport Jazz Festival. Um, he was really good friends. He photographed young, young Bob Dylan, um, mm-hmm. So I think people probably know the the shot of Jim's Bob Dylan's rolling a tire down the street. That's Jim's yep. photograph. Um, iconic and image. he was yeah iconic image. Yeah, and he mm-hmm. was very good friends with Joan Baez his whole life. Um, so he's got some great young photographs of Joan Baez, really beautiful shots. Um, and yeah. Joan Baez and Bob Dylan when they played at the Newport Folk Festivals. Um, He's got the Beatles' last concert at Candlestick Park, their last live concert that they ever played mm-hmm. was 1966 at Candlestick Park here in San Francisco, and Jim was the only photographer there. Um, he's got amazing photos of Jimi Hendrix. 
Yeah, yeah, and he's yeah. The, that the those famous are, shot of those are just insane. Yeah, those are oh, just God. I know, kind of, it's, and I know, it's kind I know, of burned into our, our memories of music history. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, when Jimi Hendrix burned his guitar at Monterey Pop, Jim captured that. Um, he's got this great photo. People probably know this one too of. Um, Brian Jones of the Rolling Stones, but he wasn't there mm-hmm. with the Rolling Stones. He was there by himself of Brian Jones and Jimi Hendrix walking backstage at Monterey Pop Festival. Um, gosh, just it, it goes on and on. He did a lot of blues, old um, black blues guys, Mississippi, Fred McDowell. Those are insane, uh, those pictures. Yeah. Oh, they really are. And it's, it's, it's Jim, stuff. you know, they really are. And, and Jim, I think, you know, he always felt like an outsider because his parents were immigrants. Um, mm-hmm. And he, you know, Jim, he's basically Iranian. He says a Syrian. <laughs> he's oh, Iranian funny. and uh, really ha- he's a very handsome guy, but he's not white, blonde, and blue-eyed. And so he always mm-hmm. kind of felt like an outsider. And I think part of that was why he was really drawn to the African-American musicians because he mm-hmm. felt their, how they felt like they were outsiders and they weren't getting a lot of the same attention that they deserved. And so Jim really gravitated towards the underdogs and, and wanted to photograph them and wanted to share their stories. And I think they felt comfortable around Jim as well because he was an outsider and he could really relate to what they were feeling. And uh, mm-hmm. so he was able to get these beautiful, beautiful candid shots, but also live shots of them playing their music as well or in their studio. Um, but, and they you know, Jim also him. did. A, they and did. They trusted, they trusted him. him. Yeah, yeah. That has to be an understanding, I think, when you're doing that, especially when you're working yeah. with someone that is so into their art and to allow yeah. that's such an intimate moment for someone to come in right. and, take pictures of somebody creating and playing at a con playing, you know, live or even in the studio like this. And I know that you've worked with Jim for how many years did you work with him when it was, it was a long time, right? Well, I was, yeah, I was, I worked for Jim for 13, the last 13 years of his life before he passed away. Yeah. That's, that's like, yeah. So yeah. And it was like, it was, what was it like for you to go with him to any of these shootings? Did you go? Did you go? Well, on? he didn't. He went on. No, he he didn't really. When I when I started working for Jim, he was older, um, so he mm-hmm. really wasn't shooting a lot because the meet the mm-hmm. live concerts and the whole music industry had changed a lot, and they mm-hmm. had a lot of restrictions and a lot of managers and handlers who wanted to mm-hmm. tell the photographer what they could and couldn't shoot. And that just mm-hmm. drove Jim completely crazy because mm-hmm. when he shot these guys in the 60s and the 70s, he could do whatever he wanted. You know, he oh, yeah. had full reign of what he wanted to shoot. So he just did not want to have any restrictions. And so he just was not shooting. He did shoot a couple, you know, like he would do John Mayer or Lenny Kravitz, but that was only when they told their handlers and managers Jim has full access. He has no restrictions. He can photograph anything he wants. Um, so that's, mm-hmm. you know, the young guys would want Jim to, to photograph them. But basically what we would do, he was selling a lot of his photographs in galleries and museums and doing books. And so, you know, we spent a lot of time going through his archive and straightening it. And he would tell me all the stories, a lot of the stories yeah. that um, happened when he was taking these photographs. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it was really more of a, of a friendship that we, a really strong friendship that we developed and he became part of my family, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So. And you're easy for that. I mean, you're the kind of person I know just from us being friends that you really, when you're close with someone, you're very loyal and you, and this is a, this was a working relationship for you too that you had with him. But also it felt like, you know, you're going home. And I mean, 
I know that you, uh, we, in, in our previous interview that we did, you know, about, oh, probably, what was it, when the, about a year and a half ago? Yeah, about that. Yeah. Um, right yeah, when we were in, actually, talked, we were in London. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I remember that. That, yes. Um, I wanted to say, um, you had discussed a couple times and said, you know, there were days you'd go over to his house and he didn't, he just didn't want to work one day or, you know, and, and it was like, you know, towards, yeah, just, it was, yeah, I mean, Jim, yeah, it was, uh, it was a lot of different kind, mother, daughter, friend, (laughs) it was a combination of things, but Jim, you know, and Jim was very open about his his um, drug habit that he had. He was mm-hmm. really did a lot of cocaine, um, so he had a lot of dark moments throughout his life that he worked through. Um, but when I met him, he was still doing cocaine, um, and mm-hmm. he it was very very hard to work with someone um, like that who who has a drug problem because. You know, you they they zone out when they're they're doing their drugs, and then when they come back, they're paranoid and they're coming down off of it, and they can be mean and nasty, and so it's just a whole array of emotions that you go through. But you know, for me, I stuck with. I quit twice. <laughs> I quit oh, twice that's because funny. Of it. I remember you telling um, me that. That's funny. That's that's yeah. hysterical. You quit twice. <laughs> I quit twice, oh. and he said, "Please come back." Um, so, mm-hmm. oops, sorry, there's our phone. So it oh, no, was, um, okay. I came, I came back, uh, and worked mm-hmm. for Jim because there was, you know, I really saw that there was this very talented, um, photographer that I was just, I, you know, I was afraid that he didn't have any children and, and what would happen mm-hmm. to his archive if it was lost forever, it would just be, mm-hmm. um, really devastating to the world so I just you know I, I stuck with Jim and he he actually mm-hmm. did finally stop cocaine he stopped cold turkey at the age of 70 um wow which was pretty amazing um mm-hmm. so for the last four years of his life he uh he wasn't doing any cocaine which was wonderful for me <laughs> mm-hmm. oh yeah no I can imagine I, I I remember you telling me there would be times you'd go over there and if he had what was it he left something on the door if, and that would let you know whether or not you could he would go in go or, in or not. not. Yep, yep. He would leave that. Well, I made him start leaving notes because he would just get so fucked up and uh, there was a uh-huh. lock on the inside. I I had the keys to his his apartment, but. When he didn't want anybody to come in, there was a lock from the inside, so you couldn't get in from the outside. So mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. after a while, I was so sick of getting locked out that I just said, look, mm-hmm. you know, leave me a note. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> so no, Because you, no, that, you know you're going to, you know, party. Leave, just leave me a note on the outside of the door. And uh, so he started leaving leaving notes. And he didn't write the That's notes before funny. he got fucked up. He left. He wrote the notes mm-hmm. Wow, he was fucked up. So a lot of them were oh, very funny. funny. But you can see them in the documentary too. Um, oh yeah, I saved them all. <laughs> oh, that is see. That's funny. See, the thing is, you have a lot of. You're looking at all these pictures, and you're still managing his, you know, whole, you know, portfolio of everything. Perfect. Yeah. And yeah. you own it, you know. So it's like. For you, I'm sure going through these pictures, um, there are moments probably that you're having like, wow. And do you remember him telling you about some of the things that were going on during that picture that maybe he, you guys were looking at? Well, yeah. I mean, a lot of like when he was with Bob Dylan, he actually mm-hmm. met Johnny Cash through Bob Dylan in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, which mm-hmm. a lot of people don't realize. Um, but yeah, Bob Bob Dylan, that the rolling the tire, a lot of people think that was set up, but it wasn't. It was just they were in Greenwich Village one morning going to a mm-hmm. cafe, and Bob Dylan saw a tire on the street and just picked it up and started rolling it, and there was Jim, just snapped that picture. Um, oh, Jim that's funny. Never, he really did not like to set up photographs. He just let them 
happen naturally, and that's what mm-hmm. he was really a genius at. And, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Johnny Cash was one of his really good, good friends. And uh, so when Johnny Cash did the live recordings at Folsom and San Quentin State Prisons, he asked Jim to be the photographer because he knew Jim could capture those moments really well on his camera. Um, wow. And, and Johnny Cash, you know, he loved, loved Johnny Cash. He was a very good friend. And um, he was one of the only times I've ever seen Jim cry was the day he found out he got the phone call that Johnny Cash had died. And Jim just was really upset. And, you know, mm-hmm. the other the other musician that he was very close to and was like a brother to him was Dwayne Allman from the Allman Brothers. Oh, and yeah. uh, when Dwayne was killed, Jim was just devastated as well. Um, mm-hmm. But he, you know, those were friendships that were lifelong friendships. I mean, he just developed, mm-hmm. he had the trust and he gained the trust in these friendships with these different musicians. Um, and it, they were lifelong relationships. You know, one funny mm-hmm. story about Miles Davis that Jim says is uh, when he, he, Miles Davis was, he had a reputation of being mean, right? <laughs> he was hard mm-hmm. to approach mm-hmm. and mean. Um, and so Jim uh, finally got enough courage to approach Miles Davis. And uh, Miles had a green trumpet. And he went up to Miles Davis and he said, hey, Miles. Why do you have a green trumpet? And Miles looked at Jim and he goes, "Hey, motherfucker! I didn't ask why you had a black camera." <laughs> and Jim just <laughs> scared the shit out of Jim, and he's like, "Oh my god!" And so, oh, that's funny. Jim, I know, I know. So that's one great, great story um, mm-hmm. about Jim. Why you know, did he have first- a green trumpet? What did Miles have I don't a green know. trumpet? Do we know? I don't know. <laughs> Do we know I don't why? Know. <laughs> We're going to have to find that one out. That's a trivia yeah, question for everyone out there. If anybody knows why Miles Davis had a green trumpet, let us know. Mm-hmm. Let us <laughs> we want to know. Because you wouldn't tell Jim. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's funny. But, you know, yeah. what's really amazing also about uh, Jim's photography is that a lot of ordinary pictures that were um, images of protests and different, yeah. just, you know, like you said, he would carry his camera around and just take pictures whenever he saw something that, you you know, you being a photographer understand, you have that eye. And yeah. me too. Yeah. I well, know when I take a picture, I'll pull off the side of the road and I know every second counts and I see a sunset or something, a shadow and I go, "Oh, I got to pull over right now and take that picture." I know that yeah. that moment. It's like yeah. you, you know, you have that eye. You know it's there. Yeah. Well, Jim, you know, he he his camera, I always would joke and it was like his his um purse, which is a male purse, right? Like he he just mm-hmm. got into the habit of Whenever he would leave the house, he would just grab his camera and he always, you know, had like five cameras around his neck um, because he Mm -hmm. he never knew what he was going to see. And, you know, it didn't have to, he could be walking down the street. Jim did a beautiful um, photo study of the peace sign. Um, And Mm -hmm. so every time he saw a peace symbol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know he'd see it mm-hmm. on the carved into the sidewalk or scrolled on a on a wall or wherever he would see a pin on somebody's you know shirt wherever he saw the pin mm-hmm. symbol he would just take that photograph and that's because he always had his camera and he he always mm-hmm. had I think I would say a curious eye he was really curious about everything around him and really documenting mm-hmm. all of those things that were happening around him um, where some you know. Some photographers, if they were on assignment, they would go to, let's say, a free concert in the Panhandle in San Francisco that Jimi Hendrix was playing. They would go and they'd photograph Jimi Hendrix, and when the concert was over, they'd take their their cameras, put them away, and walk away. Well, Jim wouldn't stop photographing. He would then Mm -hmm. wander into the neighborhood and start photographing children playing on the street or, you know, going into a a coffee shop and, and photographing you know, a young loving couple kissing or whatever he saw, he would photograph. And I mm-hmm. think that's what really sets that's him what made apart. It special. Yeah. yeah. 
It was yeah. intimate. They it's were very intimate photos. You know. Yeah, and he and he wouldn't be in your face. So you know, a lot of times people didn't know he was there because. He mm-hmm. was, especially when he was doing his street photography, you know, with Leica cameras, those were the real cameras of choice for a lot of photojournalists like Cartier-Bresson, Helen Levitt. A lot of those photographers used Leicas, and it's because they were really quiet, right? So mm-hmm. you could snap a picture, and it wouldn't be this loud, right? So mm-hmm. he, could, he could take pictures, and people wouldn't really know he was there. And that was part of the secret, and that's part of you know capturing the moment as it's happening. So. Absolutely. And he and he loved that the Leica camera, right? You want to talk a little bit about that? that Cause his, I know that you. Yep. Yeah. No. No. He loved his Leicas because his his the all the photographers he looked up to. He loved Robert Kappa, who did a lot of war photography. Um, had a Leica. And so that's what he did. He bought, like I said, he bought his first camera, Leica camera in 1959, and just learned how to use it. And Leicas are very different. It's a viewfinder, so you're not looking through the actual lens of the camera like a single lens reflex, um, like Nikons or, you know, some other cameras. You're actually looking to the side of it, and by doing that, it forces you to really compose through the camera. Your eye composes um, and and I think that was really uh, what made Jim be able to compose things so quickly because he was used to using a viewfinder camera. Um, and pretty mm-hmm. much what you saw in that viewfinder is what you got. Um, so he he just was a master of doing that. And and I think the the Leica was really his tool that helped him you know be able to master his craft. Oh yeah, no, no, absolutely. I know that there was a thing with uh, that that one camera company. They wanted to feature him, correct? I mean, wasn't didn't they do something we did, with the camera? Yeah, like a yeah, we did. Yeah, I remember um, that. We did a limited edition Jim Marshall uh, like a camera, which was wonderful. Okay. And we only did um, fifty of them, and it was oh, wow. it, we made it look like one of Jim's old. Um, Leicas. It was actually a mm-hmm. digital camera, but it, we had it look like a film camera. And so it really had the, the feel of oh, a Jim Marshall so cool. camera. Oh, yeah, so amazing. it was great. Yeah, that that's very, very cool. Yeah, and, so that was, you know, that was great. And now with the documentary, and I know with it playing throughout Europe and then it being available here in the USA, and then soon it's going to be available for streaming on um, something that you'll be announcing soon. Um, I know <laughs> yes. that you're doing, <laughs> I know I'm saying that with bated breath. Um, I uh, know there's a, another project that you wanted to announce and we can give out the uh, page for that is the book, sure. the new book that's going to be coming out. We have a new book. Yes. But let me backtrack really quickly for people out there. We also have a companion book to the documentary. It's called Show mm-hmm. Me it's called Jim Marshall Show Me the Picture. It's published by Chronicle Books. And that's a standalone book. I mean, if you saw the documentary and love the documentary, it's so cool too. Keep you yeah. know, keep a lot of those photos, please, please get the, the book. But it's also a, a book where you can look through it and read it and not have seen the documentary um, and not feel lost, like you're missing anything, because mm-hmm. it really is um, about Jim's life, you know. So it, it, mm-hmm. we've got a lot of writing in there. We've got a lot of um, photography in there. So it really is kind of like a, a documentary in, in book form. Um, so please get that if you're interested in it. But we are actually going to be having a book come out in May of 2022 this year, it's the Rolling Stones, 1972. Yeah, um, yeah. And we did a, we did a, we did the because the 72 tour. Jim was the official life photographer for the West Coast leg of that tour. Mm-hmm. So he's got amazing photographs of the Rolling Stones. And we did a, a book for the 40th anniversary of the 72 tour. And uh, and now 
it's going to be the 50th anniversary of the 1972 mm-hmm. tour. So we're That's reissuing so crazy, it. But it's, it? Yeah, it really <laughs> is that it was 50 years ago. My God. And they're still playing. They're still touring. Um, I it's, know. It's the same publisher, Chronicle Books, here in San Francisco. and it, But it's going to be a big coffee table book. We're adding more photographs. We're adding proof sheets to it, which is great. People love to look at the proof sheets and kind of see the train mm-hmm. of thought that the photographer went through. Um, and we have two new essays from um, Anton Corbin, who's another photographer and dr- mm-hmm. director. He's amazing. And Nikki Six from Motley Crue wrote a whole section, yep. which is great, because what a lot of people don't realize is Nikki Six is a great photographer himself. Um, not only mm-hmm. being, you know, part of Motley Crue. So he has a really interesting perspective in his writing because he's a rock star, so he knows what it's like to be one of the musicians performing, but he also knows what it's like to be a photographer. And, you know, having somebody photograph you while you're, you know, in this immersed in the, the live part of a of a concert. So it's a really interesting perspective that he brings to the book. So that um, people can pre-order on Amazon if you want. Um, so go there and pre-order it. It'll be coming out in May. Um, and I'm really excited about it. I think fans of the Rolling Stones are going to love it. It'll be great. So they they go to Chronicle Books or would they go to your website and be able to order that? No, I know that you I, said it, you, can, you can pre-order it on Amazon. So Amazon okay. is where you can pre-order that book. Uh, to the Rolling okay. Stones book, but you can but you can buy you know show, Jim Marshall show me the picture on um, Amazon Chronicle or independent bookstores. <laughs> and that's that. a, that's such a cool book too. The design of it and everything. Um, that's just really really a great book. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's it's, a must. It's, it's just yeah. uh, that moments in there you'd have to be there kind of thing you know to know the stories behind it and it's it's done really really well and uh the documentary itself too if you haven't seen it when it does come out um on the streaming you definitely (laughs) are just going to get blown away it's just so cool um you know and the awards and the feedback from the people, the public that have seen it, they're all, yeah. I mean, per, like like, like the photographers that are timeless, too, that are right in there with Jim, you know, like yeah. Bob Gruen and all these other people that have seen it. I know they've all yeah. talked about it, and they're all just very impressed with the documentary itself. Um, well, it's really, it's truthful and honest. And that's what we, mm-hmm. that's one of the main goals that we wanted to do. You can't, you know, I didn't want to edit Jim's life. And a lot of times when um, somebody who's a public figure, you know, musician or a photographer, when they, when they die, sometimes the estate, you know, tries to edit it. So it's not as um, raw or, or real. And I just said, you know, Jim, Jim was out there. He he let everybody know, you know, that this is who he is. He did have a, a drug problem, he, and that was just Jim. And he was, I'd say, he was never ashamed of his life. He always was very open about how he lived it. Um, you know, he had some regrets, but he was never ashamed of his life. And so mm-hmm. we just wanted to be really, re- very real about Jim and who he was and, uh, you know, you always take a risk when you do that. But I said, that's, I want people to experience who Jim was. And so it, mm-hmm. it doesn't pull any punches. You know, you just, it's, it's Jim. It's the real, real deal. And we have a lot of archival footage of Jim talking as well. So you get to see him, um, you know, talk when he's a younger man and then when he's an older man and um, just all aspects of him. And, and you see the ups and downs of his life. Mm-hmm. Now you know it's what I wanted to ask. Ride. You, oh yeah, no, 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 a free ride. That's awesome. That's like, you know fun. You get to go to the amusement park and not have to pay admission, right? But um, right. no, no, that's what it's like. Uh, what I wanted to say was, you know, let. I know that the touring exhibits and photographs and stuff um, that were going on before we got hit with COVID. 
and uh, yeah. all the other craziness in the world. Um, you know, when is that going to start back up again? Do you do you have some yeah. ideas of We're gonna, things you're going to be doing? Because I know you have some events that we can talk about too. For sure. Well, with the book, you know, coming out, the Rolling Stones book, we'll do some uh, shows along with that as well. Um, we're mm-hmm. definitely going to have a show at um, one of our galleries, the Field Gallery in Martha's Vineyard, probably over the summer. We'll we'll have shows here in San Francisco. So just keep you know keep looking at our website because we'll we'll put on the website the information of where where they're going to be mm-hmm. um, and where you can um, go and see them and where to purchase prints and all of that good stuff. But that'll definitely start happening probably in the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because with Let's Omicron hope, now, right? <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, I know. You, can, you never know. You know, I want to I wanna just say really quickly, you know, um, not to ruin this interview or anything or talking about anything. You know, COVID is, uh, you know, and all the different variants that are out there. Just everyone be careful out there and, uh, yeah. you know, do what Stay you safe. feel is. Yeah, yeah, be safe. Definitely be safe. That's all I want to say about that because, uh, you know, the world's definitely changed as we know it. And, um, yeah, you know, we're trying to – oh, that's what I want to talk about too. I want to say not only – there's a positive to the time that we've all had, and I want to say this very intuitively because I feel like, this time that we've all had to kind of like be home and take and isolate or be home because of rules and regulations and stuff like that right now that are had been going on and they're starting to put back in place now. Um, this is like a time there's been a lot of really cool stuff coming out and like the documentary and you working on this new book and all the different projects and all the different technology has just accelerated at a pace we just never saw before because people are having to their home and they're spending more time just with themselves and, and in their creative moments. Um, yeah. I mean, you yourself yeah. know that it's like you, it's like for me, I OCD'd on my garden and you know and, and and stuff like that it's like you knew you had to find things to keep yourself busy and i've known i've noticed a lot of people have started their own podcast which i think is really great yeah. um you know yeah, a lot of people sure. i mean even like a lot of the musicians and stuff have started you know guesting on radio shows and things like that a lot of people that i've had on uh, red velvet media are doing their own shows now but you know are still like here and talking and wanting to be part of it so this is like a really amazing time yeah yeah so yeah i mean we just we all have come up with ways yeah yeah. i think everybody has come up with their own way to deal with it and and you Mm -hmm. know um like we're saying the the creative arts industry has really taken a big hit Mm -hmm. so we all figure out different ways to reach each other mm-hmm. and connect. And, and I think a lot of that is online and through podcasts and, you know, websites and different things. And so we just mm-hmm. adapt to it and we try and help each other and support each other as much as we can, especially, oh, you know, in, in the arts. We really, really need to um, help each other because especially with live music, a lot of musicians would tour a lot. You know, that's where they made a lot of their money was touring. Um, and mm-hmm. they haven't been able to tour. So we no. need to, to find ways that, you know, we can support each other and still be creative and work. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. A lot of Zoom concerts. <laughs> there have <laughs> a been lot a lot of Zoom, of Zoom concerts. concerts and a lot of live uh, streaming that um, – a lot of friends have done, and um, it's yeah. great, you know. And I know that a lot of people really want to get out there and play. And yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of creative, a lot more creative projects coming out, like with your book that you're going to be coming out with an, another book. And 
the things that you're planning for the summer and stuff like that is just so important yeah. because a lot of people really do need that. We're, we're missing human touch and hu- being right. around people and yeah. being able to not be afraid to hug people and, and be close to people and stuff like that. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's I so important that we're able to connect on a on a um, level of being able to understand and and the creative aspect and we fulfill ourselves through other things with this like pictures and images and movies and I mean now right now it's like the movie industry is going a lot a lot of the movies that were out in the theaters as you know went yeah. to streaming like Amazon streaming yeah. Uh, Netflix and HBO and stuff like that. It's just, uh, you know, but I'm just so impressed how you're going to, how you guys were able to be able to bring this to the USA. You got distribution. It was on iTunes and it's soon going to be direct streaming. And then you're coming out with, uh, you know, and then, then the companion book, obviously, that is already available now. And then this new thing. That's going to be coming out yeah. with the Rolling Stones at the end, you know, in the summer. Um, yeah. Well, and we we also we also ventured into NFTs, so mm-hmm. uh, which is something oh, yeah, that people that have heard out. of. Yeah. And uh, and so we have ventured into that because Jim has such a huge diverse archive, many different images. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can go onto our site. It's called. Uh, JimMarshallPhotoNFT.com, and you can check out the NFTs that we are offering. And the first, the first ones are Jerry Garcia of the Grateful Dead. Yeah. So Jim did some really great, great Grateful Dead stuff. Uh, and so we've got 13 images of Jerry Garcia, and the 14th, which will be revealed later is a combination of all 13 images. It's, it's amazing. It's really different. Um, and so just keep going back there to see because that last one is going to be a, a really exciting, fun thing for anybody who loves Jerry Garcia and the Grateful Dead. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. So, And we know that um, Martin Scorsese is going to be doing a movie on Jerry Garcia soon. So if anyone out there is listening from that camp, you need to see Jim Marshall's photos of Jerry Garcia. <laughs> and we want you to call Amelia and ask if you can use them. <laughs> so yeah. listening, yes, definitely, because I know that there are quite a few people listening. And again, if you missed the beginning of this, it's available on iTunes afterwards and most streaming platforms. And, um, you know, I, I scheduled the show for um, originally an hour, and then I extended it a little bit. Is that cool with you? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, good, good. good. Yeah, because we still have a lot to talk about. Um, I wanted to um, – <laughs> you know me. I love talking. So do you. And you have a lot of really fun things to talk about. Um, Now, uh, Bonita is also part of this, too. She works with you a lot on the um, uh, photography as well, correct? Right. She is, um, Bonita is my partner. We've been together 30 years, and she is very much a part of this archive. She knew, she knew Jim um when he was alive and uh it's 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 very funny jim <laughs> when i first started she's working for jim she's an amazing cook too she's an amazing, she's an amazing cook, cook. <laughs> she is and uh she helped with the documentary but when we first when i first met jim it's funny he always you know he hits on everybody of course that was mm-hmm. jim's thing that he did and uh so the first time he met uh benita we went over to his house and he said what would you do if Amelia left you for me. And she looked at him from head to toe and she said, it would never, she goes, it would never happen. And Jim started laughing and he goes, you're right. That is funny. But I know she, I know that she's, um, you know, really is working with you on a lot of things too. So I think that's really cool. Yeah. 
you know yeah it's 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 great it's it's the two of us that basically run this massive archive um and mm-hmm. it's i i don't think people understand um how hard it is to really keep the mm-hmm. integrity of an archive and keep it going and the expense of it i think it's just this cool thing but there's a lot involved to keep um to keep an archive up and running um, and mm-hmm. so I'm really thankful that it's it's the two of us. But at the same time, it is just two people that, you know, Jim shot 50 years worth of f- photography. And so just in 35 millimeter black and white, there's over a million images. We've got color, his color photography, his two and a quarter photography. I mean, it's massive. It's huge. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's just that's just mind blowing. But you know what I want to say about you is a lot of people. I'm gonna I'm gonna out you here. Um, you also have um, a, you're an award winning photographer too, and have published <laughs> some books. And no, yeah, I, I am. I'm gonna talk about you now, okay? Because oh no. I think it's only oh no. I think it's really important, okay? You um, okay. have done three books of your own and uh, the first one is called The First Look and it's about breast cancer survivors and then you did also a My Story a photographic essay on life with multiple sclerosis I hope I said that right because I'm you did you did today and also um, your other book that you've written I think it's really important that people know you're not just falling into this like it wasn't just like oh la 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 let me work with Jim Marshall no you're a photographer you have a pure appreciation of it and you know what I wanted to ask you is how did you meet Jim and how did you get involved in this because and and were you always doing photography or did Jim kind of was he a catalyst for you to do your own stuff no, no, no. I always, I actually studied photography at UC Davis mm-hmm. um, okay. here in California. And so I have a um, Bachelor of Arts degree and um, with an mm-hmm. emphasis on photography. And, and when I was at, at school, we really studied, the photographers we studied were the fine art photographers, you know, Cartier-Bresson, Helen, Helen yeah. Levitt, a lot of those guys. So Jim Marshall was not in my wheelhouse. I really didn't know who he was. And so um, when I graduated, I started, you know, showing in galleries, doing my own thing. And uh, then my friend had her, my friend that I grew up with, her 30th birthday party, um, invited me there and I went and there was this little man with a like around Mm. his neck and he, and he looked at me (laughs) and he's like, Hey, came over and he's like, Hey, how are you? And it was, you know, I didn't know who he was. Um, and he goes, uh-huh. hi, I'm Jim Marshall. And I said, hi, I'm Amelia Davis. He goes, what do you do? I said, I'm a photographer. I go, what do you do? And he he looked at me and he goes, I'm a photographer. Um, stupid <laughs> name, had no idea who he was. Um, and uh, we started talking. And, and at that point in my life, when I met him, my mother had been mm-hmm. diagnosed with breast cancer. And I mm-hmm. was um, actually using photography as a tool to show people what, breast cancer look like and what it was is was like to go through it um you know it was it was a very tough book it was really real and um you know I was telling him about the book I was doing and he said oh my god I have a lot of friends who have had breast cancer I really want to try and help you however I can and uh that was really our first meeting and uh and then he he said I really you know like you here's my card and it, it turned out that we had we live a block away from each other. And uh, so he called me the next day and said, hey, let's meet for coffee. And so we met for coffee. And then he just said, I like you. I need an assistant. Do you want to work for me? And I said, sure. Wow. You know, I'm a photographer. I need money, of course. And so we walked over to his apartment and he opened the door and down this long Victorian apartment hallway was one iconic image after another. I mean, it was like Jimi Hendrix burning his guitar. It was the Beatles coming onto stage. You know, it was wow. um, Janis Joplin with her Southern comfort ball. And I just looked at him and I was horrified. And I just said, oh my God, I had no idea who you were. And he looked at me and he goes, 
that's what I thought. And he goes, and that's why I liked you. Um, and then it was, then we just became great friends. And I, and I was working, worked for him and he, he was very supportive of all the work I was doing and actually ended up calling me the, whenever he would introduce me, he'd say, this is, he called me Davis. He didn't call me Amelia. I have no idea why my last name. So he would say, this is Davis. She's, she's my assistant. She's the disease photographer. And that's how he would, um, call me to pe- introduce me to people because, uh, like I said, I I used the camera as a tool to really show shine a light on things that people normally don't want to look at. They'd want to shy away from it. But I think we really need to confront it in order to talk about these things. And, and breast cancer was one of those. And, and then I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis when I first started working for Jim. And so I saw mm-hmm. there was a real need for a photographic book of, of – uh, people living with multiple sclerosis because I was the age of 30 when I was diagnosed and I thought I was going to be in a wheelchair. That w- those were the only images that were available um, to me. And as I started going out into the world of, of MS and meeting people, that's not the case. There's many different you know forms. It affects everybody differently. And that's why I said there needs to be a book that shows people visually the, the many different faces of, of MS. And so, um, for me, you know, it was using the camera as a tool to shatter stereotypes of what the public thinks something should look like. And Jim was really supportive of that. And in some ways, you know, our photography was the same in that he was using photography to really shine a light on on the underdog or things that people um, weren't seeing. And so in many ways, I know it sounds weird, but it was, you know, our photography was similar in, in trying to show the world um, what something looked like in its true form. Oh, really? Yeah, so. that's so true. I bet you were just blown away um, What's the, that? when you walked in and saw everything on the wall. Yeah. No, it, it was, is, it it was just how, yeah. amazing. Yeah, I, I'm <laughs> so. sure. I'm sure. So, you know, and that just like really – the crossover for you how did you feel when he asked you to work for him i mean that was just kind of a mind-blowing well, like thing I i'm sure mind-blowing yeah and once i realized who he was it was wow yes but then um you know it we developed a a, a deep friendship and so then it, it really you know it became we were friends he was one of my best mm-hmm. friends and you know just shared pretty much every day of my life with him um, mm-hmm. and you know, Jim, it was interesting cause then Jim had no idea what MS was. And so, um, he saw firsthand how it affected the disease affected somebody that he really cared about. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I think it was interesting because he, for a lot, when I met him, he was really, um, you know, down on life and, and just feeling very isolated and alone. And I think when he mm-hmm. met me, um he 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 saw that you know he could there was somebody that cared about him but he could also mm-hmm. care for somebody and what was going on in their life and very supportive of what i was doing with my photography and and um in the ms community so mm-hmm. i think it you know it worked out for both of us oh yeah no absolutely i can see that and the two of you just you know had that kind of relationship like that you knew what his life was and you accepted him and that was it. And he accepted you and you two had bonded. So that's so important. And the fact that you guys were both in San Francisco, that's that's crazy. That's just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And we lived a block away and didn't even know. That's so funny. And you never knew. Yeah. Never knew. Wow. And then he, mm-hmm. once he found out we were, lived a block away, it was it was crazy. He would call me at two in the morning and oh, say, yeah. "Oh my God, Davis, turn on the TV. There's my favorite movie of all time, The Day the Earth Stood Still Is On. You need to watch it." And we would be Benita and I'd be like, "It's two in the morning, Jim." And he's like, "I don't care. You need to turn on the TV and watch oh, it. It's funny. a great movie." <laughs> so. Oh, that is that is. Just- hysterical that is hysterical now did you guys spend holidays together or do things together like that 
Um, we would, yeah, we'd go out a lot. Holidays, you know, Jim was one of those guys that didn't like holidays very much, so mm-hmm. he always tried to ignore mm-hmm. them. <laughs> so he was always like, mm-hmm. I don't give presents, don't give me presents for Christmas, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but we would, you know, every Sunday we'd go out for brunch, we'd go out to dinner, you know. We just did, it, did everything together. And fun. he always had his camera with him. And he always had his and, Leica, yes. Uh-huh, and uh, um. Now, have you? Did you meet a lot of the people? Some of the people that he uh, actually photographed while you guys were out, or at all? Well, so, you know, some of them would come over, which is which is fun because they'd always come over and they'd want to. Um, doggies, they want to okay. look at the no photos or find photos. Um, yeah, and uh, I mean, so it was nice. So I got to meet some of the some of the musicians. And um, it mm-hmm. was really nice to see them interact with Jim, too. Like, they were still mm-hmm. friends, which was really, like I said, he built these relationships and these friendships that lasted a lifetime. Mm-hmm. See, that's, that's yeah. the part that's so cool, you know. And yeah. the fact that you really, you know, had that kind of relationship with him was important um, because it was more than just working as his assistant. You really were, you know, the other part of him you know you really helped him you know and finished finishing things now even after he's you know gone um but he's still here through you and 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 through through his images yeah exactly and we're really I'm, i'm super excited about the fact that this documentary will be available soon on um, a major streaming platform, and uh, <laughs> it'll be great. It'll be you're so, yeah. you giggle every time I say that because you know I know, and I'm not saying anything, so I'm just being quiet. You know, I'm not saying a thing. I don't know anything, but um, <laughs> but but you can just, still you can still get it on iTunes right yeah. now if you want iTunes and Absolutely. Apple TV. So. Yeah, it is available and, that on there. Yeah, and and so let's give out the websites again, really, because um, I know that you've you've got things you've got to do too, and I I don't want to keep you on the air too long, but okay, so <laughs> it is on iTunes, and you've yep, got and the store, you've got the Jim Marsh. Go ahead, you go, go. So go. the the, <laughs> the website, yeah. our website is um, Jim Marshall Photography LLC dot com. Um, our mm-hmm. NFT storefront is Jim Marshall Photo um, dot com. Jim Marshall Photo NFT dot com. <laughs> Sorry, uh-huh. uh, Jim Marshall no. Photo NFT dot com. And um, and then our book. If you want to go on Amazon and pre-order the Rolling Stone book, it's The Rolling Stones 1972 Photographs by Jim Marshall. And if you want to check out our book that goes along with the documentary. Um, that is it's Jim Marshall. Show me the picture. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. definitely. Okay. I think anybody who's interested in in photography and music, um, it's just an amazing book, and you'll you'll just. Uh, I think you'll end up loving it. So. Oh yeah. Please go get it. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I I definitely want to say thank you so much for being here today and um, also to everyone listening again this will be available on all streaming platforms afterwards as a podcast if you missed it from the beginning and um, again uh, I want to say it's really great to be back on the air Um, and we will be back Red Velvet Media will be back on the air um, next Friday, we'll be posting everything. You can go to redvelvetmedia.com and also go to Red Velvet Media Blog Talk Radio. And we're also on Instagram now, and I do post a lot. And I know that you also are on Instagram, so there's a lot of really cool yeah. images. And you're on Facebook, which is really cool. But I love, I love the Instagram feed that you have because, and it's Jim Marshall Photography. Um, LLC it's Jim Marshall on Photo. Insta- yeah, Jim no, Marshall it's Jim Marshall Photo, Photo on is our yeah. Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and definitely check that out. There are some great photos on there. I mean, you want to see some yeah. amazing images? Just go there too. And yeah. um, I just want to thank you again so much for being here. And again, 
we are happy to be back on the air. And we've just been working on so many different things that we'll be announcing soon. And uh, I'd love to have you back when the Rolling Stones book drops. And look for, yeah. Now, when is, when is, when are, when are you going to be streaming on that other platform? When is that going to be announced? Hopefully in the next few weeks. So stay tuned. Okay, cool. And, uh, and we'll announce it on our social media too. So if you, yeah. So Instagram, Facebook. Yeah. It'll, we'll announce it for sure. Yeah. And, um, yeah, no, absolutely. And I wanted to thank you again for being here today. And I just want to make a really quick announcement about uh, Red Velvet Media um, really quickly. For anyone that, um, you know, we work with and we do a lot of interviews with and we're currently working with, I just wanted to make sure everybody knows that uh, I'm the only one that you'll be getting any emails from. And if anyone has any questions, please feel free to email us and uh, contact us. And if you receive any emails from anyone else posing as Red Velvet Media, it is not um, official. There you go. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Got to say that. Enough said. But I wanted to thank you again so much. No, I had to. I had to do that because there's just a lot of stuff going on right now. So anyway, what I wanted to say to you was uh, thank you so much, Amelia, for being here always. And give my best to Benita. And um, definitely this is very exciting news. Yeah, and happy new year. And uh I hope everyone mm-hmm. has a wonderful weekend wherever you are, whenever yes. anyone listens and to thank this. You, Holly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. and thank oh, you, Holly, for kidding. having me. It's always a it's always a pleasure talking oh, with yeah. you and and uh and oh, and uh absolutely. just like I'm talking to my friend, which you are, so thank you. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Love you and happy Love new you year too. everyone. All right, happy see new you year. Show. See okay. you next soon. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Red Velvet Media with Holly Steffi. Thanks for listening, and tune in again next time.